You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And of course, you all know that I am super, super excited to um, bring this guest to you because she's going to share some words of wisdom with us about aging and our brain aging. And I think at this point in time in life, we all need a little bit of information about that. So stay tuned. Uh, let me take care of some business. But while, before I do that, um, you know, I like to tell you all to find a place to sit, get something to write with, get your favorite beverage, tell the family to give you a few moments so that you can absorb the nuggets of gold that our guest today is going to be sharing with us about um, brain health and, and healthy aging with regards to our brain, which is, I think, very important. So while you're doing that, let me take care of some business. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living For You at blissfullivingforyou.com. Check them out. They've got some wonderful things happening in that world. And uh, you definitely want to check out the summits that are coming up that they're going to be having these live events across the United States, as well as get all the free stuff that they have to help you stay uh, wealthy, wealthy, well, and wise, so to speak. So check them out at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter you.com. The other sponsor I want to thank um, is All Day Cable Incorporated. All Day Cable is a premier telecommunications installation company located in the heart of Silicon Valley. It is woman-owned, minority-owned, and it is one of the top, I'm going to say 75 businesses in Silicon Valley. So if you have a need for voice data, fiber, wireless systems, whatever it is that you need to do so that you can telecommunicate effectively and efficiently and make that connection right the first time. You definitely want this premier telecommunications company that's been around since 1989. And you can check them out at alldaycableinc.com. So today's guest is Dr. Melissa Green. And um, by now you guys should have had time to uh, get yourself together, so to speak, so you can take some notes about this nuggets of goals that she's going to share with us. And so I just want to bring her on up and welcome Dr. Melissa Green to the Blissful Living Podcast. How are you, Dr. Melissa Green? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, do you prefer me to call you Dr. Melissa or Dr. Green? What's your preference? You can call me Melissa, it's fine. Well, girl, you worked hard to get that doctor. What either, (laughs) yeah. Dr. Melissa. How about okay, that? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So um, it is a pleasure to have you um, as a healthcare professional myself, um, um, as a registered nurse for my going on my 33rd year this year. Um, I think it's very important, as you know, our health and well-being is the greatest asset that we have. And without that, we cannot enjoy life to the fullest. I don't care how much money you have um, or how, how wise you think you are. If you're not healthy and well, it's just, you're not, you know, you're not going to be able to live the life of your dreams. And so because on um, Blissful Living Podcast, we're all about helping 
um, the viewers and the listeners to really step in and be able to take nuggets of gold that they can implement in their life immediately to maybe help them with their well-being, their mindset and wisdom and their wealth. Um, I think this is very, very important. So I want to jump right in and I want you to tell a little the listeners a little bit about you and uh, why you decided to specialize in um, brain health and, and, and the aging brain. Okay. So I am a clinical psychologist. Um, I've been licensed to practice since for a long time, since 2008. So I'm like to practice in the state of Georgia and Hawaii. And um, I, this is actually, you said this is your 33rd year. This is my 25th year in the field, in the mental health field for, for a while. Um, I started as a school psychologist doing testing in K-12 educational settings for special education eligibility. Then I shifted to work with the military doing a lot of uh, combat trauma therapy. Then I worked in forensics for about three or four years doing competency to stand trial evaluations and expert testimony. And more recently, I have started focusing my work on brain health, healthy aging. How I came to that actually is through my personal experiences. In back in 2014, my dad was diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's and vascular dementia, so two types of neurocognitive disorders, and it was devastating. I'm a I'm a daddy's girl. I'm um, very close to my dad, and at the time I was living in Hawaii, like living a wonderful life, <laughs> and my whole world came crashing down, right? Because everything changed. It changed the trajectory of my life. I picked up and moved back home to Georgia. And I knew at some point um, I wanted to help uh, caregivers of family members with dementia and also help people who, um, through the aging process, to learn more about what they could do to uh, um, combat cognitive decline. So that's that's kind of how I, how I got here um, in this space. So, I mean, that, I, you know, sorry to hear about your dad. I actually have an aunt that is um, a, in the midst of dementia, so to speak. And, um, you know, that was not my specialty when I was in clinical practice. Um, my background is emergency room trauma and flight nursing. So um, to have my beloved aunt um, going through this and, and watching this, um, the last time I had an experience with anybody with dementia or Alzheimer was when I was in nursing school. And so if you can just take a moment to share with the listeners, because I think a lot of times people don't know the difference between dementia and Alzheimer. And it is a little bit of a variation between the two, even though they may appear to be the same, it's a little bit of a variation. Can you just share with the listeners so we can educate them about the difference between the two? Yeah, so dementia is really an umbrella term for a lot of neurocognitive disorders, meaning that it affects the brain, basically. Um, and Alzheimer's is it's the most common type of dementia. So um, a person can, a person who has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's has dementia, but a person 
who you may hear say has dementia, may not have Alzheimer's, they may have a different type of, of dementia, but Alzheimer's is the one that um, is diagnosed more frequently. And with regards to, um, you know, the cog cognitive, um, I want to say limitations that come upon those individuals that are diagnosed with dementia mm. or Alzheimer's, um, what are some of the prevalent things or what are some of the most prevalent things that you see as um, a, you know, a doctor, clinical psychologist, when it comes to people first presenting with those little signs and symptoms that sometimes we kind of blow off, but are really, really key components of us recognizing um, that there may be a problem in that area? So the first thing that people, <clears throat> excuse me, typically think about is memory. And um, that is one of the, the key factors. However, we all have slips of memory at times. So um, just because there is a, a problem with remembering things doesn't automatically mean that there's dementia. But if you have difficulty remembering things and then you can't just say you misplace your keys and you can't track back to figure out where they were or narrow down the possibilities of where they could be. That's different um, from a person who may have dementia or the beginning stages where they may not be capable, likely they are not, depending on what stage they're in, they may not be capable of backtracking. So that, that part of uh, problem solving and, um, you know, cognitive functioning is no, is no longer there. Got you. You know, um, I think as we all begin to age, we all have those memory laps, lapses, so to speak, like, dang, I just, where did I put that? You know, and, and some people start to freak out, particularly when they get in their fifth decade of life, because we've heard so much now in mainstream media about uh, Alzheimer's and everybody thinks like, well, because they start forgetting stuff, they're, you know, getting dementia or Alzheimer's, but it is a natural progression for us. Um, can you share with the listeners um, what are some of the real key um, differentiations between just normal aging, memory loss versus, um, you know, the cognitive, the real cognitive dementia type of memory losses that occur? So, in order for a person to be diagnosed with a, a type of dementia, it has to not only be problem in memory, but also other one other area at least, like problem solving or um, having difficulty doing familiar tasks, things that they were able to do easily before, or that a person may be confused as far as time and place, disoriented so to speak. Um, they might even have difficulty, and, and this happens a lot with um, direction, so uh, visual spatial difficulties, not knowing how to navigate from one place to another, even if it were a place that they um, had traveled to and from many times. Um, there can be problems with um, language, expressive language, and also receptive language. So um, you may hear people 
saying words that aren't really words, so they're not really communicating effectively, or they may have difficulty understanding what is being said to them. Um, so those are some of the things that maybe will differentiate between a person who's just maybe having a memory lapse or having some a moment of uh, being confused versus someone who has more significant cognitive decline that is consistent with uh, dementia. Right. I know there are key factors when it comes to just, you know, um, normal aging with regards to our brain health and then, you know, the uh, diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer. Um, I know one of the things that I remember from nursing school is that uh, the more progressive the dementia becomes, the people move from, you know, out here to in, so to speak. So for instance, they can remember all those people that were close to them in their past. Like my aunt, for instance, she can, she can remember all of us, but she can't necessarily remember. And she can remember like what we did when we were growing up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But she can't remember the simple task of remember to take a bath or shower each day or remembering how to turn on the television or, um, or some, some other things like that. Also, um, what we've noticed with her is that, and I've seen this with other patients or other uh, people diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's, is they tend to become very angry. And um, can you share a little bit more wisdom about maybe why that happens and um, what we can do to support them so that you know we can cool some of those fires of anger within them and help them um, to to understand it's okay and be understanding ourselves because sometimes people like you know us that don't have that we're not as understanding as to why they are this way. Can you share some words of wisdom behind that? So you're absolutely right. There are a lot of personality changes and uh, mood changes and. You know, obviously, we don't know exactly what's going on, but the thinking is that um, just imagine being in a, a place that where everything is unfamiliar. You see people that you don't recognize. Maybe you're in a place that's not familiar, even though you've been there for years, it may be unfamiliar. So it that creates anxiety for a lot of us, if we're in a, an unfamiliar place, a new situation um, where things are not predictable, right? Um, that's what contains our anxiety when we have routines and things that are predictable, things that we know. So when there are those changes in the brain, a person with dementia may not recognize people that are familiar to them or that have been familiar to them in the past. And that could be scary because oftentimes those people like, you know, with, with my dad, I'm telling him what to do sometimes, or, or there are other people who are around him that are caring for him that, you know, he doesn't know they're instructing him to do certain things. And he doesn't know if it's safe or if it's not safe because he doesn't know these people. So it's a, it's a scary, it could, I imagine, obviously I don't, don't know. Nobody has told me this, um, nobody with dementia, but you know, the thinking it, in the field is that it could be perceived as something very scary and something new to someone um, with dementia. 
And also, I know I've seen this with my dad at times, uh, especially he's a little further on now. He's actually 90, um, but he's doing well for a 90 year old. But um, but when he first was diagnosed, um, there would be times when I knew that he knew that he should know, but he knew he didn't know. And so that was frustrating for him. So, um, you know, just it's, it's humiliating probably and um, embarrassing to, to think, oh, I should know this person or I should know how to do this, but but I don't. And like, for instance, sometimes there would be family members and we stopped doing this a while ago saying, hey, do you know who that is? Or do you know who this is? And I could tell if he recognizes someone um, by his facial expression, because sometimes he'll just have a blank face. And sometimes mm -hmm. he, he may not remember the person's name, but he feels comfortable. He laughs. And so I started using that as a gauge because I could tell he would say something like, well, who is that? You know who that is. You know, he didn't want to admit that he was, he didn't know. The other thing that can contribute to mood changes is that Usually a person with dementia, because it's a progressive disorder, uh, well, they are um, the different types of dementia, um, that that person is usually losing some of their autonomy, if not all of their autonomy. And none of us want to do that, right? People are probably telling them they can't drive, they can't even bathe on their own. They might, you know, that, that's intrusive. They're trying to preserve some of their autonomy and independence and, and dignity, honestly. And when it's, you know, we're kind of forcing them because we feel like, you know, we know this is, we're not asking them to do something that's not safe or that's not good for them. Um, it violates that, you know, that space where they feel like they can't, you know, speak on their own or advocate for themselves. I, yeah, it's um, it's amazing. My aunt used to cook all the time. And so she still thinks she feels like she could do that. But um, it's not safe for her because she forgets to turn things off. So, um, OK, I want to shift a little bit. Okay. And so now that we know a little bit more about, um, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's, so to speak, and, and some of the things that we will come across um, if we have a family member or a loved one that might be getting to begin to exhibit these things. Um, now that we know a little bit more about that, let's talk about, are there things that we can do now? I'm, I'm not really sure. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that we, there's, if it's, if you're meant to have dementia, you're, it's just going to happen progressively, but are there things that we can do to help our brain to age healthily or very healthily, so to speak, that can circumvent some of these things that happen as we age you know, our brain ages that might lead or pre be a precursor to dementia or Alzheimer. Well, that's the good news. Yes, there are. And um, <laughs> there are things that we can do. And um, I obviously won't talk about everything that I know, but I know um, the AARP and the Global Council on Brain Health uh, partnered together to do research on things that um, can be helpful. And they have published a report on six things that can be done 
and I can talk about a couple of them. Um, actually, before I talk about those, I want to talk about our um, age beliefs and how that can impact. Uh, so this is not something that's directly included in their research. Um, it talks about emotional and mental well-being and making sure that you manage stress and those kinds of things. Um, but also there is some research out there that indicates that your belief about aging, so whether or not you feel like it's, it's a negative thing versus a positive thing actually can impact the way that you age. And it can have a significant impact up to like seven and a half years. Um, wow. It could, it can, increase longevity if you have a positive belief about aging. And, and it's important to, I think, bring that to people's attention because that's the one thing that we really have a lot of control over, even though we may feel like we don't because we're bombarded by so much information that says when you get a certain age that you're old. Um, I turned 50 in 2021. And so I always Say I have to proudly announce that I'm 51 now because now I know, well, I've always done that, but I know that there are benefits to doing so. Um, thinking about the aging process, um, not in a way that you think that, oh, my life is over or I'm going to have all of these problems or not attributing every, every issue, every ache and pain to aging um, can help to combat that. Also, um, that's, that survey or study that was done by the Global Council on Brain Health, they also obviously talk about um, the things that you eat. They talk about the MIND diet, which as a nurse, you may be familiar with. I recently just learned about um, the MIND diet. I know there's the DASH diet for uh, people with hypertension and the Mediterranean diet. And the MIND diet is actually a combination of those um, and um, other things is just being uh, mobile and you don't have to do a marathon, but just staying active, getting up and having movement breaks throughout the day can have a significant impact on obviously your physical health, but your mental health or emotional well-being as well and your brain health. Yeah. I love it. I love this information. It's so funny because I'm way older than you, but um, I always tell people I'm 29 and I guess ooh, some people, but in my mind, I feel like I'm 29 and it's like, I don't care if I'm, I could be 175. I think I'm still going to always feel like I'm 29. I'm active. I'm, I'm vibrant. I eat healthy. I, you know, all of that, but that's just me in my mindset. And so um, what you just shared is, is key, you know, key, just eating right, having, you know, loving thoughts about your aging and being grateful that you've gotten to this place because so many people don't get to the ages that we are in our fifth decade, so to speak. And so um, I, I really think that this is important information that's really not out there, but is really simplistic. And also there was one thing I remember when I was um, taking care of a patient that was 94 years old and she was sharp as a tack. And I asked her what was her key to longevity. And she told me, always surround yourself with young people because they keep you in the know of things. They keep you active. 
and and then keep your mind ready, you know, ready. So um, I know we're pretty close to our time because I know you've got some other commitments, but I, I just, I'm so thankful that we were able to have this discussion about Alzheimer's dementia and the aging brain and things that we can do to help circumvent some of that because I think it's very, very important. And as we continue on our trajectory of life, so to speak, um, why not get as much information as we can that's going to help us to stay healthy and young, not in our just in our bodies, but in our brains, our mind, our soul, our spirits as well. So is there anything else you want to share, Dr. Melissa, before you know I let you go? Because I know you're a busy lady. Well, I think um, the point that you just made that you the information that you had gotten from an older person um, is key as well. And there is research to support that socialization and multi-generational relationships does feed the brain. It does help both on both ends. It helps one to feel like they're able to still contribute to society, the older adults, um, by teaching the younger adults or the children as well. And it helps the children to feel connected and learn more about their their roots. I love it. I love it. Well, there you have it, you all. It was quick and short and dirty, but or clean, so to speak. But um, some wonderful <laughs> information that can help all of us if we just incorporate a little bit of this information in our lives. You know, who knows? By the time I really do get, I say, I always say I'm going to die when I'm 110. Hey, you know, the way things are progressing in the medical community, 110 might be the new 50 when I get there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's good information. But I want to thank you so much for your time, Dr. Melissa. Thank and you. All of you thank that are you currently having me. Well, I appreciate it. Share this show with everybody you love and care about. Um, because the information that is shared on the Blissful Living podcast is really designed to help you to live a better life when it comes to wellness, wisdom, and wealth. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at blisslivingforyou.com. And I want to thank uh, All Day Cable Incorporated at alldaycableinc.com. Without their partnership, this show would not have been possible for the last 12 years. So um, thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to you listeners and viewers. Please again, share the show, subscribe to the show. If you like it, subscribe to the show and get the juice because you'll get the information of the guests prior to uh, having just to show up and watch the show. Okay. So as always, my beautiful listeners and viewers, um, I am the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. I have been having a wonderful conversation with Dr. Melissa Green. And, uh, and as I close out the show, I want to wish you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And until next time, take good care, my friends. Go out and tell somebody you love them and give them a big hug. And um, I'll see you next time. Have a beautiful day, everyone. And goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.